Welcome back to the Rathacon Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze, discuss, and gush over Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, David Stoker. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy post-Thanksgiving gorge. Yes. Did you eat a lot yesterday? I always eat a lot on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did you have any political fights with your family yesterday? I did not, although my mother is in town. Oh, I tell mom, tell her, tell her I said hi. I will. <laughs> hi, Mrs. Stoker. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a guest joining us to wrap up the week, uh, Keith McDaniel. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Keith. Hi. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. I'm still digesting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Leftovers are um, plenty. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about minute eighty-seven of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Minute eighty-seven starts with Chekhov saying, "Could you use another hand, Admiral?" And ends a minute later with the Enterprise dropping ten thousand meters. Yes. Yeah. But let's talk about Chekhov first. Oh, stumbling, Chekhov. Yes. Could you use another hand, Admiral? Ooh, well done. I wanted to do the Chekhov accent, but I lost it. <laughs> I I feel. Hmm. I, I guess yeah. You wanna yeah. They rescue Chekhov. He's okay. You put him on the ship. You give him the weapons console. Um, I I feel like you know. I it's great, but I feel like the whole interaction between uh, Kirk. Shatner does a good job. Like, you know, he's, you know, man, the weapons console, Mr. Chekhov. I feel like Chekhov just, I I don't know what his reaction is. His little smile and he sort of walks off. Like, I don't, what are we supposed to feel for him? Are we supposed to feel is bad still, for him? Is he still Chekhov? under the influence of the eel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, Kirk's awfully trusting, right? Yeah, uh, I would have. I would have been like, uh, "Can I see your doctor's note from Bones? <laughs> Did he say you have no more eels in your head?" <laughs> yeah. Do you want but this yeah. guy? Do you trust this guy to be firing you know, your weapons? Although, as Chekhov does walk around the edge of the the bridge, Kirk does follow him for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Almost to the point of, hmm, is he okay? All right, Spock. I got better things to worry about. Uh, I think you should have told him, like, yeah, you know what? You can stand near the fire extinguisher in case there's any more fires. Yeah. Just like, yeah, sure you, totally. you can go stand next to that guy in the corner, the one that no one knows is there. You know, the guy next to the fire extinguisher that no one has really uh, interacted with. With the guy with the sweater? Yeah. I think that's really why no one's interacting with him is because of the sweater. Yeah, they're just all they're all embarrassed for him. Yeah. yeah, he looks like he's cold now too. <laughs> cold, he's angry. Put the sweater on. Put the sweater on. You're wearing it. <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. He is. He looks shivery. Poor David. So, uh, guys, something I never noticed before. Did you notice uh, when Chekhov gives his sad little smile and then turns to walk away? Uh, he's got a big old wad of gum jammed in his ear. Yep. Oh yeah. What? I've I've never noticed that before. Have you? Oh yep. wow. My gosh. Yes. Uh, one of the little things that I have noticed before in the movie. 
So I would think that would be another thing that would disqualify him from uh, from running the, the weapons. Because what if Kirk fire. yells out, fire? I said, like, I said fire. Fire. <laughs> Damn you, Chekhov. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did someone say something? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that's a weird... Uh, couldn't they have just put a you know a big white bandage on there? You know, just we'd all know. I mean, it's a flesh-colored. It's like silly putty. You barely see it, and I'm only seeing it because I'm scrubbing this one second at a time. <laughs> I think I think he's still oozing there. Uh, okay, that's <laughs> sorry guys. Image. Uh, he's wearing. I just noticed we haven't talked about the uniforms in a while. Um, his uniform is his turtleneck is is blue have we seen blue before um i don't think so no because mccoy's is what that green color right spock and kirk have white ohora is it looks almost like a gray maybe hers is, is hers blue or is hers gray no hers might be blue too no and you say it check off is like a tan gold color all the rookies are you know orange yeah I wonder what blue stands yeah, for. I don't I think I ever, a... I always thought that was gray, but now that yeah, you scrub it one second at a time. Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan second. Um <laughs> Yeah, it totally does look like a like almost like on the edge of being gray blue. Yeah. Fascinating. Another color. He I'm as we do with every minute, we we're scrubbing. Chekhov gives Ohura a little bit of a look there. Just a hint of a side glance to her. Just as he's walking. Okay. No no recognition, just sort of a side glance. I think I think Chekhov, if I was going to get in his head, right? You were asking that before. What's he feeling? That little smile. This dude is embarrassed as hell. I right? think, he, I think mm-hmm. he's messed up. Oh, you think so? He's, oh. You think he's, he's just, he's in P, PSTD or P, what is that? Yeah. He, 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 <laughs> He had an eel in his head. He was taking orders from a madman. How in the world could you be cleared for duty? There's no Bones. way. Bones pay, pay, playing it fast and loose because he, you know, he's got history with Chekhov. I feel like he's not even in the picture. Bones is down, you know, not paying attention to Scotty. Get radiation sickness. Well, that's right. So he snuck out of sick bay. You think? Mm-hmm. I to wonder. Now I'm nervous. Now I think Chekhov's going to screw him. Who knows what he's going to do? I have to. What is? I have to wonder. You know, obviously, it's been a really long time since any of us have really seen the movie. So I have to wonder. Upon you know, as critical as we are, like upon verse viewing, do I think like, "Ooh, is that a good idea? Do I really want Chekhov at the weapons?" Yeah, I wonder. I bet you're supposed to wonder a little bit. You know, first time viewers are probably like, "Wait a minute, Are we sure about this guy?" He certainly he's he still seems. I mean, he's not acting as a. Uh, robotic as when he was under the eel. Right, yeah. Uh, but he, he definitely doesn't look sure of himself. Although he's limping, which I feel like is a little weird. Who knows? Yeah, he must be a good anyway. shot, though. <laughs> I, I guess um, sticking him at the um, at the phasers and you know, weapons, I, I think he must be pretty good and trustworthy because, uh, uh, sorry to jump ahead, but he does land some pretty good shots in the next minute. That's true, and isn't he the guy also that blew up that big asteroid in the wormhole? Wasn't he the one that got to do that in the motion picture? That is true, although Kirk almost screwed him there. Right. 
So maybe there's that little bit of that, you know, animosity there still. That's a little bit, I know how to shoot better than you, Kirk. And where does, what happens to Cadet Todd in this situation? Does he get up <laughs> so, and just walk away? Yeah. Where does he go now? Does he have to just go stand by a wall? Is he just going to look over Chekhov's shoulder? He's done. His part in the movie's done. He collected his paycheck and he's out. He gave his last lines. Target, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Cadet Todd, we barely knew you. Mm. All right. Uh, So Kirk turns around, right? He just just says Spock. He doesn't even, like, doesn't even ask the question. Like, he's just like, Spock, go. Um, And Spock immediately knows what he's looking, you know, once again, immediately knows what Kirk's looking for. And he gives a little, you know... Uh, sporadic energy readings, port side aft, could be an impulse. Is turn, does he say turn or churn? Turn. Turn. Could be an impulse turn. I liked that a lot. That is, And I thought it was turn too, but I liked it because I think it's supposed to be a nod to like submarines. If it was a submarine, he'd say he could hear propeller churn, right? Isn't that right. the term? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a nice touch if that was... If that was indeed the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm just not making that up. So Kirk says he won't break off now. He followed me this far. He'll be back, but from where? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, he's he's full in now. I mean, they've they've taken enough damage. They've given Reliant enough damage that yeah, there's no way he's he's come this far. There's no way he's he's uh, you know I'm still the target. I'm still you know his his goose to get. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Kirk looks pretty determined here too. He he's giving an evil eye to the the screen. Again, no squinting though. Nope. But we, from we know where? he has bad eyes. Um so let's talk about this. This is a pretty famous line, right? Or I think it's one of the more famous ones with Spock saying he's intelligent but not experienced. His pattern indicates two dimensional thinking. I've spent years <laughs> wondering what he meant there. And what do you guys think? What is he talking about when he says that? Um, may I offer an idea? Sure. Please. Okay. I, I noticed that too, and I've always understood it as a reference to uh, three-dimensional chess, which is a game that Kirk and Spock used to play a lot in the original series. And if you are... Um, if you're aware of this, like if you're a fan of Star Trek, you, I think you would get this, like you would understand what he's implying here. And that's what I've always understood it. Um, it's, it's funny that they haven't sort of thrown out a little bit of a nugget of that in this movie previously. Um, right. Because that would be a, a direct, you know, relationship to that, you know, if they had, so what are they referencing? I think it's three dimensional chess. Okay. Hmm. And that, that would fit with, so my question mark was, has always been, that, and I think you might've just answered it, Keith. My question mark has always been, it definitely seems like Spock is implying something to Kirk. Like, you know what I mean? Right. You know, Two dimensional thinking, you know what I mean? And he even raises his eyebrows when he says it. Right. And, and that's what I've always like hunted for in my head. It's like, well, is there, is there something like there's no foreshadowing in this movie about that. Right. Um, I'm like, yeah, what are we supposed to know? And, and it's something else we've also talked about on this show quite a few times is, you know, there's all this unspoken 
all these unspoken moments between McCoy and Kirk and Spock. And, um, and this seems to be yet another one. Um, but I like that. Maybe that is the, the reference. Yeah, I think that Spock wants Kirk to come to this conclusion on his own. It's kind of funny that he kind of throws this bone out for Kirk to kind of realize. And, and I think that's what the smile that he gives at the end is. He's like, oh, I get you. Right. And what do you think? What would have happened, Keith, if like Kirk didn't figure that out? <laughs> Kirk sat down in the chair and yeah. just like, all right, keep going. Would Spock have been like... Uh, two-dimensional thinking uh, as opposed to three-dimensional thinking <laughs> like would, would have been more obvious about it <laughs> oh they were screwed um, <laughs> right and i guess the other way to, to to read this one too is so like i said i've always gotten hung up on the on the subtext and this whatever this thing he's hinting at um uh and he's you know he's talking about his pattern right and I never really put it together. I guess the most obvious one is just he's talking about the pattern of what they've done so far in this battle, right? right. That's the pattern he's talking about. I always read it as like, oh, he's, did he study Khan when they found him originally in Space Seed? And uh, does he know all this, you know, everything he knows about Khan that he's over the past 15 years, he's, he's this is where he's developed or uh, put together this pattern of thinking. Um, but he's, he's probably just talking about this battle, right? Well, I think it's... I think so. I, I I agree. I'm going to go back and I'm going to agree with Keith and think that yes, it has to do with, you know, the three-dimensional chess and that sort of their their, but chess also has patterns. So I think it's also he's giving more of a hint by saying that his pattern indicates two-dimensional thinking. And I think it's, you know, Spock is being very, you know, he's giving him a riddle almost in to solve, like you guys both have mentioned. And I think that. Um, I think it's the whole encounter. I think it's from beginning to end. This is how he is. He is very two-dimensional. He thinks only, you know, in one way. Yes, he's very intelligent, but he's not experienced in the ways of war, in the ways of space warfare. Right. Do you think he would have said that to any other captain, said the same thing? Mm, probably not. He would have been more obvious. I think he would have been much more obvious. Yeah, because I don't think if I was a so say I was an admiral that hadn't worked with Spock before, and this guy's dropping riddles, and I'm looking for information, I'd be like, "Can you just tell me what you're thinking?" <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's I think it's all about their relationship. I mean, this whole movie, their interactions, their like you said, Chris, unspoken comments here and there between the three of them i think it's all about that and this is just another sort of it's a little nudge into that relationship that's existed for so long and you know kirk's little smile like that knowing smile of knowing exactly what he's saying he goes right back to his chair he's on it full stop full stop and i like sulu's you know Sulu, boom, full stop, sir, right? Yep. Does it right for him. And then he just sits there and stares at the screen <laughs> and just waits for his next order. Yep. I would think I would have turned around and been like, oh, what, what, what's next? What do you want me to do next, boss? Um, and then <clears throat> Z minus 10,000 meters, what a cool order. Yes. I've always thought that's a cool order. <laughs> hmm. Well, guys, I got to chime in here again with the script. Yeah. Oh, what do you got? Okay, so... I heard that too, Z minus. 
10,000 meters. Yep. And it didn't quite make sense to me. So I was like, what is he saying here? What does that mean? And, you know, we've talked about, you know, on Facebook and maybe you guys have talked about this too, pronunciation. <laughs> and Kirk is not actually saying Z minus. He is saying descend 10,000 meters. That's no what the script says. It does not at all sound like that at all. So it's it's very mm. bewildering bewildering to me why it so distinctly sounds like Z minus, but the script says descend. Oh, there's a similarity there. Sure. Oh, this Do is going to re- this is going to require offline listening yes. <laughs> to this minute again and again. I mean, I even I even get the command Z minus, you know, but oh, totally. Like a Z-axis? Like a Z-axis, yeah. Right, right. Do but, you think it's one of the things, Keith, do you think it's one of the things, like, did, did Shatner actually say de- descend 10,000 meters on set and then they dubbed in Z-? minus? I don't know. I don't know. It, I admit it does sound like Z. I thought it sounded like T also. Script oh, says cool. descend. Yeah. Well, I, if I was going to pick, though, I would definitely say Z-. minus. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think he says. I think he does say Z minus, and I, you know, obviously with space and three dimensions, I, I get it. But I think we're visually seeing the Enterprise descend those ten thousand meters. So I get the why they may have scripted it that way. And obviously, as they go through scripts, it could change, and maybe they get on set and they're like, "This doesn't make any sense. We're not in the ocean." We don't descend. We move in a three-dimensional, you know, a three-dimensional space here. That's pretty smart. I think that's, you know, we all know X and Y axis, but how often do we think about the the Z axis? Right. Hmm. I think that's a pretty clever bit of writing, whoever came up with it. Which also makes you think that, I mean, traditionally you think of the Y axis as the, you know, north and south. Mm-hmm. The X is the, you know, east to west, and then you have the, the Z going the opposite to the X. But we don't know how they're situated in space. It's one of those things again. Like even when we were talking about when they were, you know, orbiting the planet, like which way is up? Right. Like they're actually the way they're orbiting, the way it looks, is that they're actually upside down orbiting. You know, the top of the ship is actually facing the planet. So dimension for us, we think of, oh, well, you're, you know, up and down, so that you should go down the y-axis. But Z minus makes total sense for the space that they're in, and it even adds to the to the comment of two dimensional thinking. Z minus would be a three dimensional thought. Absolutely. So I believe that he says Z minus. <laughs> I'm putting wait, my stamp you... on it. Oh, oh, oh wait. So all right. So Keith's one. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> so Keith read the script though. But Keith, what do you think he's saying? Do you think he's saying descend, descend, or Z minus? Uh, you know. Mind? I don't know if it's garbled ADR or what, um, but yeah, I, it's, it sounds like he says Z. The script says yeah. descend. They sound similar, but yeah. And we see the ship descend, you know, in the very next scene. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Maybe we have to put it out to a vote to all the other listeners. What is he actually saying there? Right. Um, before we get before they cut to that last shot there with with the the Enterprise um, descending. Uh, oh, yeah, he does. Kirk does say standby photon torpedoes, um, and 
presumably that's Chekhov who's throwing the switches. Does he uh, say that? He doesn't say that this minute. Yeah, he says. Uh, he that's, says. Uh, that's next C- minute. Minus. No. Yep. No. Want to argue about it? Okay. Well, Keith, you tiebreaker. What is what does Kirk say after Z minus ten thousand uh, meters? Uh, standby photon torpedoes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but what is the hand doing? It looks like it's well, powering down. <laughs> right. It's going the wrong way. See, we should be we should be suspicious of Chekhov again. Well, that's not. I don't think that's Chekhov. No. I think Wouldn't the be- I think the command is Z minus ten thousand meters, and I think it's Sulu descending ten thousand meters. Those are oh. switches that are going down. No way. Is that really? I'm sorry. That's not. I'm sorry. I I gotta step in here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh Forgive boy. Me. Um, okay, you can sort of see on the levers, and one of them gets uh, covered up a bit. It says "torp energy level," and each one of those yeah. words is is um, abbreviated, but it's "torp it energy says, level." <laughs> right, and oh. it says I can see it says "photon" really faintly too below that. Does it? Where? Yeah. Oh, I guess it does. Yeah. yeah. I guess oh, I'm this wrong. is Keith. This is unusual. We rarely have this level of disagreement on the show. <laughs> uh, I'm an instigator, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my my comment on that sliding the bars. You know, one thing I think you're right that there he's you know it's, if it's checkoff he's sliding the bars down. That's a little concerning. Um. But my other my other comment was this to me seems like what's supposed to happen when they say go to battle stations you should be just flipping some switches on your weapons console and you shouldn't be doing the torpedo floor dance down in the (laughs) torpedo bay you know pulling all the racks and lowering a torpedo this should be all you have to do is just flip some switches well this goes back to the other minute where they're all sitting around looking at the view screen like no one is ready like now you're ready now you're going to get ready with the photon torpedoes yeah, shouldn't be that the first thing you do? Yeah, red alert. Get all weapons ready. <laughs> all right. So we get that awesome shot of the Enterprise descending. Um, the only thing I had, I mean, it's a cool-looking shot, but I, I guess I never realized there's a, a big blue dot, big l- round, I don't know, big light on the back of the saucer. Yes. Oh, yeah. I never know. What is that? Anyone know? I don't know. Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, Keith knows. That is the um, the reactor core or the fusion reactor core for the impulse engines. Get out! Yeah, so the yeah, so impulse engines are that's cool. Impulse engines are powered by fusion reaction. That's what I now, believed it know, to be. Did you know that for a fact, or did you look that up for this show? I did not look that up for a, uh, for the show. I think I I know that that unit. Behind there, behind the saucer, is the fusion or impulse engines. So I've always assumed like there's some kind of, you know, um, fusion core. And I always, real, uh, I just came to that conclusion. I hope that is correct. I should probably go check immediately no. after this. No, don't bother. It sounds really cool. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
you just stick with that. That's so that's okay. the, that's the reactor. That's a reactor for the impulse engines. I love it. Let's see how many people correct us. All right. Yeah. Bad trekking. You guys are you guys Bad are trekking. crazy. <laughs> Bad trekking. <laughs> um, awesome. So yeah. So we get the awesome shot of the Enterprise descending, and then that is the end of the minute. Um, I didn't have anything else, guys. Did you have anything else? I do not. No. It, it is a pretty cool shot, though. The way the angle cinematography wise uh it's pretty cool like the angle of the enterprise and the swirl of the clouds the big aquarium tank it's all pretty nice and there's like a little flash of lightning too oh yeah all all those elements combined give it a great and isn't it kind of it's kind of twisting a little bit right is this doing it yeah it's it's an awesome shot it is all right well keith any 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 last thoughts on wrath of khan or this minute in general well i am definitely checking that that uh that i said that correctly that that's the <laughs> um the fusion core um uh but um other than that um just in general thanks again guys for inviting me so great of you guys to invite uh someone like me uh to nerd out for three minutes well <laughs> more than three minutes no man we're happy to have you happy, yes. happy to have you and thanks for uh thanks for being an active uh uh active listener and, and participating on the, on the Facebook page. Really appreciate that. And, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe, we'll, uh, maybe we'll have you back when we get around to some of the other films. Definitely. Yeah, I hope you, I hope you do more. Yeah. yeah. We're thinking about doing another movie, right, Dave? Yep. We are thinking about it. Well, which, <laughs> <laughs> which one are you thinking? Which one do you want us to do, Keith? Oh my gosh. You know, I gave <laughs> this a little bit of thought too. Um, I I do feel like you should do uh, Search of Spock next because there is such a strong connection um, to that film from this one. Um, it really almost begs to be um, looked at, even though I do feel it's a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. What's your thought on the motion picture? Um, I, I think there's a lot to dig into there. Um, and I, I think you should do that one also. I think it's uh, it would be a completely fresh start. Um, uh, but I think that would be uh, very interesting also. I know it's not a lot of people's favorite, but I think it, it's, it's a complete change from the original series to this era of Star Trek. Um, and uh, I think you'd have a lot to talk about. Just it, It's a visually spectacular movie. Um, I wish the story were a little more like Wrath of Khan. Mm. Very simple, very simple. You have a decent amount of action, um, uh, but it just never delivered on that. But it was an interesting movie. It's fun to think about that, having that combination of story plus the visuals. That would have been a, that would have added a lot. I think I'm less scared about doing the motion picture after having done this show or we're as far as we've gotten in this show. Um, but, uh, I, it was, it was very daunting to think about, you know, when we were, when we were throwing the ideas around of, Oh, do we want to do this? And, um, but we definitely decided to do Wrath of Khan, not because it was, you know, we didn't want to do the motion picture. It was because Wrath of Khan is our favorite movie. Right. Or one of our favorite movies. And it just seemed like, Oh well, yeah, I could totally talk about that for hours and hours on end. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, like, you could look at Into Darkness, but uh, it's very, you know, just to mm. cross compare, but they're, v- again, they're very different movies. There's only a little yes. bit of, like, similarity. 
Yeah, because it's more Into Darkness is more space seed than it is Wrath of Khan. Yeah, you know, so the there, there's definitely some you know some some touch points and throwbacks and things like that. But uh, uh, yeah, there hasn't we haven't done a lot of comparing to it either. But there hasn't been a lot to compare really. I mean, mm-hmm. we're coming up to the a lot of the stuff you start comparing on, but. Uh, all right, boys. Well, uh, <clears throat> Keith, I'll just say uh, thank you one last time for joining us this week. We had a good time and uh, glad to have you on the show. Well, thanks again. And good luck right, so with folks, the rest uh, of the movie. Yeah. Yes, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. We're getting there. Um, so, folks, yeah, uh, you can find us online. Uh, uh, we're on Twitter at WOK Minute. We're on Instagram as Rathacon Minute. And we're on Facebook at the Rathacon Minute Listener Federation. So feel free to join up and uh, uh, share with us your favorite minutes um, about this movie or <clears throat> talk about Star Trek in general. Um, and we're going to be back again on Monday with Minute 88 of Star Trek Two here at the Rathacon Minute.